What's up, Ricky? Hey, guys. It's good to be with you. I appreciate you guys getting me on. Yeah, we needed to. I've been dying to talk to you for, God, two years? When was the last time you were on here? It was probably when I did the uh, last spear footage. So, yeah, like two years ago, 2021, probably. Fuck. Yeah, but Ricky, I remember when uh, Paranormal Activity Next to Kin came out, Thomas Burke hit me up and was like, hey, they stole Ricky's idea. <laughs> They didn't steal my idea, but I, I already had it made. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, no. But Thomas was it's, it's cool that he knew that because I I was actually going to get him involved in that, like well before that came out. And then I saw that trailer and it just crushed me. I was like, oh, I'm going to do like an Amish story. It's going to be creepy. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, no, I still did it, though. Yeah. What the hell? What was in the air that two different found footage productions <laughs> thought of doing an Amish yeah. segment? <laughs> I don't know. I do a lot of camping in Amish country. So I was like, this is uh, it's kind of creepy out here. Okay. So w- is the movie available right now? No, the 20, um, Blu-rays are, but the 26 digital will be on uh, Amazon. Okay. Hold on, Russell. You, you can't just steamroll past him saying he camps at a lot in Amish country. Okay. We got to <laughs> spend a little time on that. I just, I hey, it's to- gorgeous out there, guys. It's gorgeous. <laughs> so, out there. so where, where is that? I mean, are we, what a uh, Pennsylvania, um, I know I mean, is a big part of it, but where in Pennsylvania? Lancaster. Okay. Is yeah, that yeah. Eastern, Western? Oh, I don't even know. Um, I, I probably maybe Eastern, probably Eastern. Okay. Yeah. I just now, since the movie's not available immediately, also, uh, I talked to Terrell right before this and he said to demand that uh, you send us Blu rays. We do need them. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I think, I think I've, I've fucked up on all of them. I don't think, do we have any of his fear footage? Yeah, we must. I don't think we do. I think we might have like a screener, like from the original or something. Yeah, that's probably true. You guys were one of the first people ever that I like mailed a Blu-ray to. Yeah, I think we have that because I know we still have the uh, Leo Cole uh, wanted or the missing poster on the wall in here. (laughs) But uh, I don't think we got any because you did a bunch of like limited edition runs where you had like different colored cases right yeah i did yeah this one may be similar i try to do a lot with the packaging that way people will get them well dude ricky you have to know no matter who we talk to on here if they're like indie struggling if they're like opening in theaters i always drop your name as one of the guys who figured out how to do micro budget marketing i I just i don't know what you did but if we let's talk about that a little bit, because I know I can't tell if it's a lot of like groundwork you did, like just meeting people on like Instagram or that's a lot of it. Before you go any further, I'll tell you what I did last night. And this is the kind of crazy shit I do. So my wife and daughter were home and I was like, I'm going to ride up. The, there's a lot of like, you know, it's it's October. There's a lot of haunted houses going. So I got 300 flyers put up. And I drove to bumfuck Pennsylvania to two different haunted houses and I just dumped them on cars in the parking lots. 10 o'clock at night by myself. But that's the kind of grassroots shit you got to do to make it work. Did you make it look easy? <laughs> and you know, and that's the thing about growing up. You learn everybody like the magic <laughs> trick is that they hide the work. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's, yeah, hard work. that's it. Dude, so you're grinding. That's, that's literally it. God, dude. I love it though. And I tell people, like, you can do it. You just got to be willing to do it. And fuck, Ricky, I, again, I apologize. You sent us a screener for Project Eerie, and I was putting it out there as the new Fear Footage movie, too. Oh, it's fine. Well, I, I maybe I should have made that a little more clear, but it's all right. And I, I think we talked about it briefly. I'm like, why isn't this a Fear Footage movie? And uh, you said yeah. something along the line of you ran out of actors? 
that was a part of it because if I'm going to be back in it and, you know, stuff like that, then it just doesn't make any sense. So, but I have a really good idea for a fear footage for if this flops. So don't worry. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Now, I, I, it's also, not, dude's not going to flop. No way. I honestly, I think this is my favorite movie you've made. I agree. It's my yeah. favorite movie. Yeah, dude, for sure. Also, Ricky, what are you, you rocking? You rocking the uh, cherry limeade Waterloo? Is that what I saw? No, my wife got these and they taste like Halloween. It's spiced apple. Oh, water. yes. Okay. It's delicious. And I don't I don't drink carbonated stuff really for mm-hmm. the most part, but these she got these uh this morning and they're fantastic. Um Oksana You guys bought, have those, yeah. She bought 24 of them. It's the only <laughs> flavor she got. That's she, the only flavor we got. <laughs> dude, and she, she brought it home and we were both like, oh no, I don't know. It's it's a really aggressive flavor. By the end of it, I was kind of addicted though. <laughs> It tastes like fall to me. It, no, exactly. See, I want it warm, though. That would be well, very you, weird. You, too, you know, hey, you guys will appreciate this. We, uh, me, me, my wife, my daughter went to Burgersville yesterday to the cidery, and we got warm cider. It was spiked, which they yeah. never normally do, and they had warm spiked cider yesterday, and it was a gorgeous day. Oh, oh did they beautiful. serve one to your daughter, too? <laughs> she had regular. She had warm, but not spiked. And it was. I sat him down a few times so she could like play, and I was like, oh, shit, I hope I don't mix these up, because that's going to be real bad. <laughs> I've definitely worked at a restaurant. It's just nap time. That's all. It is. <laughs> That's all. I, uh, I've definitely worked at a restaurant where a virgin margarita uh, did not make it to the table where the oh child boy. was going to. I don't understand oh it, boy. though. Why order a, your kid a virgin margarita? Like, yeah, why even roll those dice? Like Inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to feel like. Yeah. To feel <laughs> like <laughs> the adults. <laughs> but you know that it's a happen. it's a parenting choice. Yeah, yeah. that's you, what it is. Can you take a guess at what restaurant I was working at when that happened? TGF Fridays. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go Applebee's, but okay. No. Yeah, I, do we have an Applebee's out here? I think we have Oh, yeah, one. I don't know your guys. I don't know how that works out there. Yeah. That's true. We don't really have a Fridays anymore either. They all shut down yeah, and we, vanished overnight. We don't have, uh, uh, we don't have, we don't have, we never had any uh, Bennigans over here. Yeah, I've never been oh, to Bennigans. We have none of those. Okay, so it's not available, but the Blu-rays are. Everybody needs to buy those. And Ricky, is there anything off limits? Because I know me and Clark are going to want to talk about every goddamn segment in this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. Let's not try to spoil too much, but okay, I'll let you know for you know. Well, here's my first question: How was it working with your daughter? It was fantastic. She was the easiest of it all. <laughs> I bet. It was, well, the way I did a lot of her stuff is she um. Like if she was on camera, she, we really did all that. But for the most part of her voice is off camera. We, we voiced all that over, you know? So I would just like kind of film her or get audio of her playing. And, uh, and I would just add that over scenes and stuff. And like when she's crying, uh, I had to wait until there was times where my wife was doing something that she didn't want be you know, like a bath or something. And then I would just, she'd be, Oh, what daddy? So I would just get the audio and I was like, I'm going to use this at some point. Yeah. Dude. And I would just get multiples. You know, I had like a year of that where I would just find it and then I just had to place it. It's like, wait, the baby's having a tantrum. Get it on camera. <laughs> now, Ricky, I know we've talked to you forever and we know your work ethic and you've got one of the best minds for this. And I really think it's because you're not a part of like the Hollywood machine or anything. You come with these ideas that I just don't think uh, large productions would ever um, entertain. I, and- I agree with that. Dude, through the whole thing, though, your wife's been there. And I'm curious, it, does she question this? Or like, no. has she, oh God. <laughs> so yeah, you're recording well, like, your daughter? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I wanted my daughter to be involved in it. This is a big part of our lives. So she, 
she's gonna look back on that like oh shit i was in a movie and then i mean she watched it she was scared to death but you know she got to see herself in a movie dude it's so cool man i because i could that first segment like I, I know we won't get too far into it but uh i could just imagine like your significant other and i don't mean yours in particular but anybody who has Any, filmed yeah. something like that just being like <laughs> okay maybe we're we're doing too much here yeah <laughs> well the thing is like she wasn't really involved in like none of the dangerous stuff it may look like that but i, I did it ways where she wasn't even there you know it was all like smoke and mirrors so um like yeah i mean for the most part a lot of the stuff i got with her was just really just us on camping trips and i'm and i already had it written out so i knew okay when we go here this weekend i'm gonna get this this and this you know and i would just do it while we're there stuff like that it's not like i kind of um set up like i had a scheduled three days i'm gonna film this I, I don't work like that i'm like oh we're gonna we're taking four vacations i'm gonna film my entire thing on that. <laughs> and then i'll add audio and i'll make it work that way the oh, only one so i did bad. do that on was the the second one. Oh, the uh you know, yeah the this yeah. astronaut you know. oh the second segment yeah. which yeah, um, the second segment. I don't know. You want to jump around or you want to go through this I, I, thing? I want to do whatever you guys want. Yeah. So, okay. so, just, I, so when you're shooting your daughter, it's like, um, and out of context, that sounds very bad, Ricky. But uh, <laughs> when you're shooting your daughter on film, like, what was the approach there? Just because everything, I mean, you know, obviously everything uh, felt very natural. So, did, and you filmed it mostly through your camping trip. So, what was sort of your approach with her? Like she knew she was making a movie with you, but what what kind of did you tell her in times of how did you direct her per se? If you could. Like just what was the approach there? Yeah, I can. I mean, it really wasn't like, you know, it would just be me and her kind of I have my phone and I would say, "Hey, baby, when I, you know, when I turn the camera this way, I need you to say this." And she would just do it or, you know, I need you to it, it was I mean, it wasn't hard. Like it was maybe one take on pretty much everything she did, you know, cause it came all so natural cause she's a kid. She wasn't trying to act, right? you know, she was just doing what I was telling her to do. So yeah, it was kind of strange like that. And then she knew when I built like a voiceover booth in the basement and then we would do a lot of the, when we're off camera or whatever. And, you know, she kind of knew what we were doing then. I'm like, we're going to go in here and I would just play games with her. Like, I'm like, we're going to play tag in here. It's only like 10 feet by 10 feet, but and, and I would just lay the phone down and we would do that and I'd get the audio and then I could place that somewhere, you know, just little stuff like that. Now, Ricky, earlier when I mentioned that I think you take on ideas that other productions wouldn't, what what I mean is that you have beats in your film that feel un, like, I don't know how to phrase this. They just feel offbeat pretty much. Like they're, like, it's like you're playing music and every now and then there's a, there's a note that's not in the scale. And it, but it, but it works. And in that first short, you approach an area and find a dead body just immediately. And it's there on the ground. And I'm not going to go further than that, but man, I can't describe how it caught me off guard. Like it just, because you know, like what cinema has been a thing for over a hundred years now. It's still very like young, but we've grown into this like unspoken kind of uh, rhythm. And you know where movies are, beat by beat, like, you know, yeah. three-act structure and everything. You could just kind of feel it. And in this, like, your films, they're always keeping me off guard. <laughs> and and I don't know, there's something really special about it. And I just think that some of the screenplay actors we've even talked to, or, like, uh, writers, just be like, this is bad screenwriting. Like, this is not how you make a movie. Yet the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, and, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Do, like, do you do you think about that at all? Like. 
Not, not a, not at all. No, uh, because it's, it's, it, when I'm writing it, it's really hard to kind of, it, it's hard to explain. Like I, I almost want it to be not, not to catch you off guard, but I, I want the pacing to keep up. So you kind of have, you know, rather than a traditional found footage where it's maybe 45 minutes of not much, and then it kind of picks up. I like to kind of sprinkle it early. So that way, you know, it's, it's preparing you, it, it, it's reaching that, the dread, you know, kind of the entire thing rather than the last 15 minutes or, you know, I, I really can't explain it better than that. Yeah. I remember, um, we talked to, uh, the director of webcam of not of, uh, yeah. Webcast. And he was telling me that he likes to read all the literature on like how to write a screenplay and then play with it, like manipulate it. It's almost like, like Jeet Kundo. Like you learn all the fighting styles so you can unlearn them. But yet yours is so different. Like I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it because I think found footage is kind of the only place that offers that up. But even then, yeah. other than you, I feel micro budget filmmakers still find a need to become like homogenized. Like they try to craft their stuff to look like other products where yeah. you're there's like a raw energy in your movies. I and honestly, I couldn't craft mine to look like others if I wanted to. So I can't, so I'm not even going to attempt because you know, I'm not like you guys know I'm doing this stuff on iPhones. Like it's not going to be really pretty. It's going to look like raw footage. It, it It's, you know, it's kind of going to fit what it is. So I couldn't make it look better or flow better if I wanted to. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, don't tweak anything. Because I was not joking. I, this is my favorite movie you've done. And, I appreciate it. You know, um, before we dig more into like the the beats of your film, I just want to say VHS has kind of come back. Like Shutter's helping it, and yeah. they've done this thing where they've kind of like listened to the criticism and they're like, let's be more format oriented. So everything's like on a VHS tape. Everything takes place, uh, you know, on video. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I like it. I kind of like the old style where it it's like it's like the Dogma 95 rules. They're there, but we're almost ignoring all of them. Who cares? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the spirit. And part of the problem I have with the new VHS is I feel like they're doing the anthology wrong. Like it's all kind of taking place on a film, except for the new one. I did like the new one, but I like a wraparound where I feel like somebody's watching the movies with me. And yeah. honestly, I think Project Eerie, dude, it might be my favorite. Solid wraparound. Dude. It- uh, so so I love that. I appreciate you guys saying that because I, I put a lot of thought in, into not actually having a wraparound, more of bookends. Yeah. You know, like it, like in the fear footage I would have where uh, Leo Cole would keep coming back, to, you know, he's in the house. And I didn't want to do that on this. I wanted to have something in between, which there is, but not, you know, the people watching the film. It starts with them, you watch it with them, and then it comes back to them. You know, so you kind of go yep. through it with them. I, I wanted that rather than breaking the 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 flow of it with a traditional wraparound where it comes back and, you know, it just didn't, I didn't want that on this. Yeah, there's, God, I got into a long conversation with uh, Bill Spataro about uh, VHS 85 because he did not like the movie. Spoiler alert. Attaboy. And uh, I was talking to him about the wraparound and I kept bringing up Tales from the Dark Side. Have you seen that, Ricky? It's been years, but I have. Well, you know, um, the premise is like there's like a uh, kid is trapped and he's going to be eaten. So he's, he's telling story, stories. Right? Yeah, he's telling yeah. the stories to keep him alive. And to me, that's always been like the quintessential 
wraparound because yeah. it's like we have context to the stories and why we're watching them. And then after they're done, we get a little bit of reflection because like the witch may be like that story fucking sucked. I'm definitely going to eat you now. <laughs> right. Like there's, yeah, there's yeah. like, and I don't know. I felt like you took the best of both worlds. You kind of had the VH one rap where it's kids. Like it's genuine. Like, Hey, we're filming us doing kind of shitty things. Like, yeah, that's why yeah, we're yeah, filming. Probably. Yep. And then it's also, uh, and we're watching shit. So I don't know, dude. I just, I had to commend you. Like, I think I it might be it. my favorite. But don't go stealing pumpkins, dude. Dude, how cool. <laughs> That's the lesson. Dude, when it opened and these kids were hitting pumpkins with a baseball bat, I was just like, that's oh, actually, God. Perfect. So that's my, that's my stepson and his, one of his best friends. And so I don't know if you guys realize, the blonde-haired kid who, who's in it, he was the one in fear footage dealing with the clown the whole time. He was just oh, like 10 there. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's the one driving in this one. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's your it's your own boyhood story, man. <laughs> so this is the this is why it's not fear footage. Wait, so it's like the clown kid's back. What, what's that? Exactly. About? It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I'm back. You're like, what's going on here? It, is he the one that's whiffing with uh, the pumpkin that can't yes, hit the pumpkin? Yes, that's him. Yes. Yep. Oh, boy. And that wasn't scripted. It was just like, let's see if you can hit it. <laughs> oh, we got to work on that hand-eye coordination. <laughs> I think I think that's part of the magic in your recipe too is that you you kind of capitalize on those privileged moments that are not scripted because it yeah. really helps. The, the well, shit feels, yeah, yeah. I, I I learned that a little more on this one, although some of it is you know was a little more scripted than I wanted, but I definitely learned to kind of just let it flow a little more than trying to have everything super structural. So you know, hopefully, that came across a little better. You know, there's a thing with indie movies where um, I always talk shit on an indie production that takes place at one of the filmmakers' homes. Because, like, imagine if we shot a movie in here and it's like, oh, yeah, there's all these horror movie posters on the wall that immediately would ruin immersion for me. I agree. You know, you're kind of like uh, the vibe of your film is micro budget kids out and like anybody could film this stuff. But then we pivot into Amish country or we pivot into a government building, government building. <laughs> well, where was that? Um, so did you actually different... break into a building? No, no, I, I filmed it, but I actually it was old footage that I had to repurpose because the building that I was able to get into before I was no longer able to get into because and it, it got destroyed too. There was graffiti everywhere. So I actually had to repurpose it and just have them, you know, voice it over and, and make it seem like it fit. But uh, it was it was a, a few different buildings is actually where that was that footage was chopped together from. Interesting. Well, yeah. Hey, Ricky, where'd you get an astronaut suit? Oh, my God. I made it. it what? Was, a, yeah. So it, it's actually a ski suit that was green that I spray painted white. And then it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a fucking karate chest padding. With a thermostat on it, and you know, I, I there's like vacuum cleaner parts hanging off of it, but oh, it's man. so far away and so quick, you can't tell exactly. It works, it's great. <laughs> now, Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't, you know, I really don't want to dive into that segment much. Well, we it's that, the only reason because he said astronaut, yeah, it was on the table. Yeah. I just want to know what's um, now. Me and Clark haven't talked about it, was it great. since Clark watched it. Uh, I'm gonna take a guess that two was your favorite, two's awesome, it's my favorite, too. <laughs> Uh, my favorite too. We're yeah. all on roll on board with this. And again, I just don't imagine anybody but Ricky Umberger making that segment. It's so, so wild. 
going into this, that was honest. Like when I made the other movies, it was more of, I want to make, I want to like make something really scary, really creepy with this one. I thought I'm still going to try to do that, but I also want to make stories that I've never seen, you know, like something that's like totally new rather than like, Oh, they go in the woods and there's Bigfoot or, you know, it's like, wait, what there's the shit crash. What's going on here? Yeah. And, you know, it just it's, it goes further and further. I wanted to do that on each of these. Well, I, I like two a lot because it's, um, you know, the the reward you're waiting for, you get and it's fun. And that's, okay. it, you know, it's mostly fun. Um, but then I it's just layered because, you know, you, you throw sort of the, we sort of change directions and yeah. Uh, you, and um, yeah, it was just really good. But cool. on paper, like if somebody told me that there was a film that did these things, it would almost be like, what is this convoluted weird? Thing? <laughs> sure. But it doesn't feel that way. It just felt completely so, natural somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me explain how I came to that story. Here's what happened. I I in real life I follow a lot of um like you know true crime cases as they're happening and stuff like that. So there was the I don't know if you guys remember like maybe two years ago it was the Gabby Petito and her boyfriend Brian Laundry where she was mm-hmm. found dead out in the desert. Okay. Yeah. So there was that like it was like two weeks where he was kind of missing. You know I don't know if you yeah, we didn't nobody knew where he was. So they were like maybe he's on the Appalachian Trail. Maybe he's here. Maybe he's there. So I thought, what if they captured him and he tells this crazy ass story of like, look, Bigfoot killed this chick, but I ran because nobody's going to fucking believe this. So, and instead of using like a Bigfoot, I wanted to go even bigger, like something crazier that happened. But, you know, it, that's where I got it. I'm like, I got all the way to the point where I'm like, all right, they're, you know, this guy's on this land. They see him on these deer cameras. They're going to capture him. And then it was like, well, what is the, what's the villain going to be? So I had to. I stopped there for a while while I was working on other stuff until I, and I got, my daughter got this astronaut toy for Christmas that like, it, it like its head lights up and it lights the whole room with stars. And I was like, I never, I never seen this in a horror movie that it's going to be a fucking astronaut. That's it. And then I just had to figure out how it was going to work. Dude. It's so fucking good. Also, Oh, man, the Gabby Petito thing. Of course, we heard of everybody heard about that when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about when a victim is a pretty girl. That it becomes like national news. It will really yeah, elevate it. But did you hear about the other Bigfoot incident? I think it was a couple of years ago, probably before that, where there were two dudes out on a lake smoking meth. And they got, into, start. They got into an argument. And one of them said, if you don't, it, like, I don't know what the argument was about. But he threatened the other dude by calling, doing a Bigfoot call. So oh, the other shit. guy shot him. He killed him. Because he wouldn't stop calling Bigfoot. He was terrified. <laughs> Wait, I thought Bigfoot was going to come. That's like a turn. Uh, no, I thought no, Bigfoot came. He was calling him, and then the guy was like, dude, stop, stop. Like, stop calling Bigfoot. They shot him. He killed oh, him. He man. went to jail for it. <laughs> so, and he told my him. question is, did Bigfoot come or not, Ross? I don't know. I, I, oh, I guess not. He probably heard the gunshot. Bigfoot showed up yeah. and the dude was already dead. That would have been even better. He's <laughs> oh. like, I'm here. Oh, shit, you already got him. One shot and one's eaten. <laughs> like, what happened here? <laughs> Yeah, but that was real and meth the hell of a drug. Well, that's for yeah, Project Theory that, crazy. Oh, Project Theory 2. Yeah, I'm Project a little... Dude, it. I'm conflicted because I'm a fear footage fan, but now you got this like this side project that I kind of like more than anything else, and I'm... I don't know. I will not call it a side project. I don't... Yeah, yeah I, don't I, know, think that, I think this is the new beginning. That's, that's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah, you know, the fear footage was good, and it was... It, it worked out really well for me, and I think I'm going to read kind of restart that with something new. And I don't know if there'll be a project area too, but hopefully this does well. And then I have some, some ideas that'll work. So Ricky, are you in, do you have any plans of going outside of found footage? No, 
No, oh, thank God. There, it's, there we go. We keep it. Yeah. I, to be honest, it's just one of those things where I have no, I have no clue how I would do it. I don't know how to light a scene, and I don't know what a boom mic is. You know what I mean? I don't do any of that stuff, so yeah. I don't know how I would do it. Okay. Um, I'm kind of interested in distribution questions here, and I'm, has anybody ever approached you to be like, hey? Yeah. And um, can you talk about and, that at all? Yeah, so actually, with, with the first fear footage, I had a few approach me, but um, I, I I didn't think I would be able to give them the deliverables they needed. So it, it was actually a gift and a curse because it was like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go with this distribution company because I can't give them like uh, some pro res with 15 channels. Like I did this oh. shit on an iPhone. I can't deliver them what they want. So I got to find a way to do it independently to where I don't need to do that. And that, you know, I'm so glad that happened that I didn't know how to do it. Cause if I would gave it to a dish, you know, there, I probably wouldn't have done anything else. Cause I, I've heard nightmare stories about distribution. Company. You don't, you know, you're not, you're not getting what you deserve and or whatever. So I didn't, I'm glad that I wasn't able to give them what they wanted on that. And then I found, okay, I can do this on my own. Now I can do the second one, the third one. And then for this third one, I mean, this uh, new one, project Erie, I actually, um, it, it was a, this was a battle to get Amazon to accept it. And I don't know why, but it, it, I started submitting them cuts in June and it got accepted as soon as you guys saw it on Instagram and all, which was like a week ago. So you're talking wow. like five months of just back and forth with Amazon. And they, they really don't tell you why either you, you submit it to them and they'll just come back and say, we're not interested at the moment, or, you know, and they don't have to give you a reason. So I'm just like, what, what is it? I can fix it. With, they won't tell you shit. So they'll just keep kicking it back, kicking it back. And then finally I just threw a hail Mary and I was like, I'm going to just give them one more cut. And it, it's still very close to the Blu-ray or the screener you guys saw. Uh, there's a few like small different details that don't change the stories or anything, but um, aesthetically, they're like a little different. Like, for instance, the two, um, you know, the two kids out on Halloween night in the corner, there's the live and the people watching. I had yeah. to cut that. I can't have that up there Why? because it doesn't be, because it it looks like a clickable button to the customer and it confuses the customer. They're really customer crazy. So they don't even want to confuse their customers with like buttons on screen that look clickable. You know what I mean? Shit like that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So it was small. So for like a month and a half, they wouldn't tell me that. And they were just like, nah, we're not interested. They wouldn't tell me why. And that was, is shit like that. Yeah. And a fucking but, um, mouth breathers are on Amazon for trying to touch their TV. <laughs> yeah. They're called <laughs> Americans, Russell. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yeah, but it's, it's it's little it's it's little stuff like that that I had to you know that won't be in the Amazon. It's still the same thing. They're out. They're doing everything the same. Just it doesn't have that in the corner. Um, uh, that's a shame. Because like Ricky, I thought it was one of my. There's something everybody always in found footage. We always do the thing where it's like it's a rags to riches, right? But the deal with the devil is you have to sell your soul. But at the end of the movie, you've done something terrible and you're going to die. And dang, you just got 8 billion viewers. And I <laughs> fucking hate that. Yeah. And I love how in your film, uh, you get the the tragic like reality of there's probably like three people watching this thing the whole time. Yeah. I think it was like eight at the peak of that. Yeah. And it's like, hey, there's. Do you know who did the uh, the the actual clip, the little piece, the live and the clip? It was Thomas Burke. He actually sent oh, me that. Motherfucker. Yeah. Thomas, I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, dude. He's like, yeah, I can send that over. Well, um, he's got his hands on everything, dude. Uh, Ricky, I I have to tell you, um, Clark, you know, he's a podcast host on this show, but he's also a uh, professional actor now. So he's been in Grieve as a radio host. 
And now I believe Thomas Burke was on the radio in your movie too, right? He was. Yes. Yeah. Y'all are radio brothers, dude. That's right. <laughs> and Barbados <laughs> boys for life. That's yeah, so see, funny. Me and Thomas, we're trying to figure out how like I get, I can get him involved. Cause he's, he's always been a dude like super supportive and like willing to help. And I just, you know, he's like, I think he's in Texas. It just never works. So I'm like, he's like, if you got anything, I'm like, dude, I need something on this radio. If you could send it over. And the cool thing with Thomas is, when you reach out to him, he'll get that shit back to you in like a half hour. Yeah. You know, it's not like some people you're like, it's been two weeks. I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, I think he got it back to me like an hour and it was exactly what you heard in there. I was like, fantastic, dude. Well, you know, you know I, I think you snuck him in because uh, last week we talked to Scott Sloan, who just put out Malibu Horror Story. And he's working on a new film where uh, Thomas is going to be acting. And yeah. he said um, when that movie comes out, people are going to be hitting him up for acting jobs. And he's like, dude, he did so good. What he what he tell us? Like Tom was crying on command, and he's like, do you oh, want man. two eyes or one? I don't know. We're putting it out there. It, it might have been off air, but he's just saying, like, you snuck him in at the right time. Yeah, good. That's good. I mean, good for him because he's he is a dude who's like, he's like he's always into something, trying to work on something. Yeah, no, he's not sleeping. <laughs> like literally, I I know I understand that right now. Yeah, I uh, I don't understand it, and I've known Tom forever. <laughs> okay, but I want to get back to the distro thing, because we talked to so many people, and I've heard that the lay of the land has changed. Amazon Prime used to be somewhere where you could pay your mortgage, according to Nigel Block. But, see, okay, here's... So, well, Nigel Prime. Block... I've never done Prime. I only do the paywall. Oh, okay. I've never done Prime. So, so the thing with Prime is, I mean, the thing with the paywall is you got to keep up a certain numbers or they'll move it to prime and then if it's failing there they'll pull it all together so it and I'm, i've been lucky enough to where like the first fear footage has been on the paywall i don't know maybe five years now or you know and it's still performing well enough that they'll leave it there oh man that's crazy because i remember when we started this show amazon prime used to be if you made a movie just put it there like it yeah. didn't seem like there was any negotiating or anything and i'm kind of shocked that your films that seem to do great on Amazon would even have trouble getting on. Yeah. So, so doing it independently, like I do that's Amazon is really the only company that'll let you directly contact them. You know, you can't do that to Netflix or iTunes. You got to go through an aggregator or a distributor and Amazon's the only one, which it's, it's actually fantastic for filmmakers. If you, if you kind of can drive traffic to your stuff, it's that they're the only one that'll let you, we don't need a middleman. If you can get this up and you can drive traffic, we'll take it. They'll take 50%. I'll get 50%. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully it does well. Yeah. You know, uh, we heard that about Tubi, that they can, they'll only take you if you have an aggregate. Yeah. And I thought that go, was, why? That's another one. Is it, I don't, I don't understand. I think they make it, they look at it more like, so first of all, so they're not overwhelmed with just a shit ton of submissions from, you know, everybody. But I think it's also that they look at it like, okay, let's say, you know, X horror distributor, we trust them. They brought us a few things. So if they bring us something, they know we're probably going to take it. You know, they, they kind of have a middleman who's there, who's vetting this stuff rather than them having to sit there and go through it or however they do it. You know, it's, I'm guessing, I don't know the exact reason, but I don't see, I can't find another reason. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, in the, the world of found footage horror, we have Nigel Bach who was built on Amazon prime. Then he yeah. made a deal with breaking glass that he regretted. And then he tried to buy out his contract. He tried to raise uh, 30 grand to, to buy out of it. Then we have like uh Steven Cognetti who did uh, hell house LLC. And he mm -hmm. got this like kind of shutter deal. But yeah, it felt like, 
Dude, but it felt like his first film was like, you know, we talked to him and he said it. he didn't want it to be found footage, but it kind of struck lightning. And then it's like Shudder's like, they got the the three-pronged fork and they're poking him and they're like, keep making them. Yeah. And yeah. he just, the heart's just not in those movies. Yeah. You know, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> Comedy Central. They got the new one coming out like the end of the month, I think, on Shutter. I know. Which I mean, I'm going to check out. I'm going to watch it. Wait, there's yeah. a uh, there's a fourth one coming out. Yeah. Oh. I know, right? But like, I, I remember talking, we talked to him twice and he was like, I didn't want to make a found footage movie. And by wow. two and three, you can tell, you can feel yeah, it. Yeah. There's a lot of exposition, yeah. a lot of lore. Yeah. Yeah. The first, the first Hell House is a masterpiece, but yeah, I, I see what they, you know, I, I guess that's kind of true for, for the second and third. <laughs> and that, and that's, and that's when it got bigger. Cause that's when it was on shutter, you know, yep. Yep. that's when a lot of eyes were tuning in. Well, that's the whole thing. It felt like they had a deal where it's like, we have the new one. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, you know, that's, a th- it's, I think that's an interesting point with just uh horror franchises in general, and especially, you know, like, you know, independent franchises like, um, uh, with yeah, fair footage, obviously, but you know, it, cause you know, Ricky, you, you've probably been in a similar situation like with, with Cognetti and I'm, I'm interested to see what direction he's going to take it because at some point, you know, I mean, you know, Ricky, you, you, you started with this new thing. Like you said, it's something new because you know, you, you did the thing with the fair footage. You may go back to it, but you know, it, you get to a point where you get bored. So at what point, yeah. you know, when you, and we kind of start seeing that in a lot of different franchises where things just go a completely different direction. So yeah. was that something you had thought about with the fear footage or is, is that why you kind of wanted to switch over to something else like you did with the uh, project here? Yeah. I just wanted to, I, I felt like I was done with the fear footage. It's kind of how you're saying for the most part. Now I have an idea for a fourth and it'll be, it, it would, it wouldn't be like uh, here comes a fifth and sixth. It would just be that because that, that idea would end it. But I, I don't even know if I'll do that. We'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know where I was going with that, but well, do you have, do you have like a grand plan of how you would end it? The fear footage? Yeah. If I did, yeah, I do. Okay. But, but, but if I don't do that, I'm okay with what I did with it. I'm okay sure. with how it ended there. Now, either sure. way, I, but I do. And it, it just came kind of by accident. I'm like, Oh, that would be, that, that could work. So, you know, just, that's always in my back pocket, just in case. But I had a lot of people when I was doing this that, uh, you know, I let them know this is, it's going to be something new. And they were all like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you got to tie the fear footage game, like just for business, like yeah, marketing yeah. wise. And uh, you already kind of got a little bit of a built in. And I, but that's, I, I don't, I don't want to be stuck to that just because it's a built in, you know, and here's fear footage 14. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, it doesn't make sure. sense to me to just be stuck just simply because of that. I feel like yeah. I could do it again. Well, uh, maybe tell Nigel Bach that. that uh, <laughs> what are they up to? I don't even know. Uh, uh, we're 11. 12, oh I, I think. I can't even imagine. He's got to be doing like two or three a year. Uh, yeah. I would not be surprised if at some point we hit triple digits with something. <laughs> like that. He, I mean, it's just nonstop. He does do a live stream five nights a week that I think is trying to raise money for like new. Uh, I don't uh, know. He's got, he's still got Bad Ben TV. So we're going to have Bad Ben AI. <laughs> I'm glad you're on your phone. And now, is that the phone that you shot Project Eerie with? It, it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a feeling. I've been doing some editing and I could tell from the color grade that it felt like it was a uh like a, the built-in settings of a phone. Well, the thing is I'll film everything and then export it out on my phone and then I I'll, I'll put it through Adobe Premiere 
for, for some little thing, some color grading I'll do on there, maybe like a special effect here or there. And just to, um, compile it all into a 75 minute. Cause I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to export that on my phone. So I use that for stuff like that. So was this the first movie you shot on a phone? No, no. I did the, the first two fear footages on a phone. Then I did the third on an iPad and then we're back to a phone. Okay. I thought, I thought you did all the other ones on an iPad. <laughs> I thought no, you were just yeah. rocking that. The first that. two were phones and then it was an iPad. What's, what's, uh, what do you prefer? <laughs> phone, phone. It's quicker. It's, you always have it with you. It's, it's more agile. You can, you know, get underneath things, jump around with it. Plus you can one hand it. Yep. Smaller. Okay, so you got a phone. What I imagine there are people who can one who can palm an iPad. I am not That's one of those. Yeah, <laughs> or a basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do that. No, I'm so Ricky. What kind of phone are we talking here? Uh, this is an iPhone, maybe four years old. Maybe like I don't know what the iPhone's <laughs> up to now. It's probably like a nine or ten, maybe, or maybe oh even God. lower than that. Hell yeah, Ricky! I love you, dude. It, it's so incredible that you don't. I'll tell you, I got this exact phone at the peak of COVID. We're talking like May 2020 because that's when I switched over. So this is that old. Whatever iPhone was then, I got mine. I got mine that same time, and I got an 11. But I may oh, have been no, behind. This, this, this isn't that high. I want to okay. say this is like I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's got a lot of gigs. That's what I needed. All I needed was gigs. <laughs> peak COVID Everything iPhone else. is. It's like a good comedian. All you need is gigs. <laughs> okay, so you're you're rocking an iPhone with this movie. And do we have any add-ons? Do you have like a selfie stick? Were you using any kind of like external audio? No external audio. Everything was straight into the iPhone. But I did use like a selfie stick at one point. Um, I used, I had like this, this kind of rig where you put your iPhone in it and then it has a light. That way I didn't, I didn't, cause be, like the, with the other movies, I was literally like holding, like taping a light to my phone. And I'm like, what are we doing here? At some point I got to <laughs> let, let's evolve yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So I just got like a, a $30 rig off Amazon and had like a cool light and I could just kind of you know use that, but not all the time. That was just, you know, for certain things. Okay. So we're not talking like gimbal or anything. You had a light. I don't, even, I don't know what gimbal is. <laughs> is, it, that's a, is that a candy? That's a candy. <laughs> Those are delicious. Ricky, it's so incredible. This is why I like bringing you up to everybody, though, because it's like you can fucking do it and don't think about it too much. Just go out there and do what feels right. And yeah, then you like, end up with the fucking fear footage, yeah. which, again, when we showed fear footage too at another hole in the head, there were people like, oh, found footage. Ooh. And then in within two minutes, they were jumping. And it was <laughs> one of the most gratifying things. Yeah. But again, like, fear I told you so. The exact, no, we didn't even have to. The film spoke for itself. Uh -huh. Yet online, we were dealing with that uh, that magical troll on IMDb yeah. who claimed to be in the audience, which was one of the, it, the weirdest situations. Have they, yeah, uh, I love that you, have they you gone away? Kinda, what is it? I'm sorry. Have they, have they gone away or are they still like haunting you? So I haven't even checked, but I think they've gone away. I, I kind of like, at that point, because that's when I did the first fear footage. I did. I was like, this is going to bury this movie. I didn't know how this shit worked. I was like, oh, there, there are actual trolls that this is what they do all day. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even understand. I'm like, damn, this, it's going to have 200 bad reviews. That's going to be it. And I was like, that really is has no bearing on reality for the most, you know. So, so I kind of realized it. I'm not going to waste energy on that. I'm going to put this energy somewhere else that'll make sure he gets drowned out. 
Ricky, again, I uh, I learned a lesson from a hot topic in high school. I bought a Limp Bizkit hat <laughs> and then I put a uh, circle and a cross on it, you know, like no Limp Bizkit. I used yeah. to I used to wear that all the time. And I remember somebody told me, it's like, you know, you're basically promoting the band. Yeah, it's true. And yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, because you're kind of bringing it up. Yeah, like, like nobody's like even thinking about it. Yeah, and then no, they see your head and go, "Oh shit, Limp Bizkit, hell yeah!" Like nobody, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like you're kind of introducing the conversation yeah. that you don't want to have. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I see it this exact same way. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but that's <laughs> somebody walking around talking shit about the fear footage. People are like, "What are you talking about? And why are you <laughs> Wait, so? The fear footage, what is that? Let me look yeah. this up. Oh, you know what? I'll rent this. Hell yeah! All right." <laughs> So we may owe that guy an apology. Be like, hey man, keep up the good work. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm glad the internet's kind of left you alone there. I, it may not have. I'm not on IMDb a lot, so I don't even know if there's like new reviews or anything. But I it, I don't really care because I realized it didn't. You know, I didn't expect much from when I did these first the first year first. I was like, I'm gonna do one movie as like a bucket list thing. You know, I'm probably make a couple hundred bucks, and then I didn't even realize like it was going to be a success that I didn't even have to worry about like the little shit, like a troll on IMDb, like trying to track that stuff down because it kind of, it worked even though that stuff was happening. So I realized I don't need to fight that because it's still going to work. Even if that's happening, you know, it can still work. It's not a guarantee, but so I just kind of, I was like, I'm not going to waste time on that. Well, I mean, you know, let, let's cover the other side of this. I mean, outside the trolls um, and as Russell's uh, hero, uh, King Cobra JFS says, fuck the trolls, as yeah. we all know. But, so, Ricky, I mean, to the other side of that, I mean, this is what your fourth feature film at this point? It is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so, with that being said, like, you know, I'm sure you've gotten a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, positive feedback because there are tons of people out there who've seen your movie and, and love what you're doing. So, just like, you know, kind of talk about the positive side of that, what you've seen from the horror community. Yeah. I mean, that that's what's been the most surprising is how, and I don't even fully understand it myself you know, kind of how it out of all the low budget, like found footage stuff that, that was coming out, especially at that time, I was able to make any noise with this little movie is still a mystery to me. I'm glad it did because it parlayed it to where I can make others. And there was a, a base already kind of interested, but I mean, I, you know, I just, I, I didn't stop and I just kept working my ass off. So that way I could get it, you know, even if I was leaving like a comment under a picture that maybe one person would see, Every, I look at it like every little bit helps. So it worked and people gravitated to it, you know, enough that I was, I was like, okay, I could do a few more of these and, you know, maybe something new people will be interested in. So, yeah, I mean, that's really the reason I was able to do any more is because there was an audience that, that loved it, you know? So everything's owed to everybody that bought it or, you know, shared it, whatever. Cause that, without that, I would have probably just done the first one and, you know, maybe that would have been it. I don't know, but that definitely helped. Yeah, and hey, at least you didn't confuse a lot of people by having buttons on the screen. You know what I mean? So that's <laughs> that, very helpful. That would have just totally destroyed it. Yeah, I mean, you'd be right back in the IMDb situation. No I question. I can't get over that. So stupid. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever little, heard. Little stuff like it's, that. Just, yeah, it's just corporate upspeak bullshit. They don't want to confuse the customer. That's their whole thing. I don't. I, the thing is, you make a product that feels like made for Amazon Prime, not Prime oh, yeah. per se, but like. It's one of those movies where you you take a shot on it and then you're rewarded with like an indie thing. There's there's no hype. You can't have really any expectations. And found footage is so great. 
in that setting. Yeah, and that speaks to Amazon because you still, you know, like we talk about all the time, is that you still feel like you can achieve of finding something sort of underground. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Netflix doesn't and, supply you with that. No. See that that and the reason for that, like I was just saying earlier, is because they will allow a little independent dude like me to submit something, you know, and they'll say yes or no, and that's why you get those little gems that you won't find on Netflix or Hulu or you know because they're not 100%. doing that. Yeah, and that, so that that's the beauty. It's actually a great system. A lot of people talk shit about it, like a lot of other filmmakers I've seen. And I mean, I just think they're doing it wrong. I don't think they're utilizing <laughs> it. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, I feel yeah. like you know they're kind of just dumping their movie on Prime, no promotion. Even the promotion they do isn't really engaging you. It's just like here's my poster, buy my movie, rather than like building any kind of lore or anything. So I feel like I feel like they're just doing it wrong, and they are. You know, they're going to blame Amazon for while it's failing. Obviously, they're not going to say they failed. So I, I, that's kind of how it, it's, a, it's I think it's a completely gift. And yeah, I'm splitting 50 50 with Amazon. That sucks. But they're the they're the sandbox. You know yeah. what I mean? If you want to play in there, this is the rules. So I, I, yeah. I, I'm OK with it. Well, um, one thing you've been doing, and I think you're doing it as one of the best, is indie production of Blu-rays. And I'm curious, do you use a like print on demand or are you at home with the Blu-ray burner? Are you, yes. you want to hear what's even crazier? I'm at home with a Blu-ray burner that burns one Blu-ray at a time. So I've, I've been burning these since June to prepare <laughs> for the influx. Like seriously. Oh man. Because I, because I expected I to it. have this accepted by Amazon in June. And then I could, I, I had the green light. Then I could slowly reveal this, this, this. And it, it didn't work like that. But the Blu-rays I had been burning since June. And when you, when I had to go get my computer earlier to try to do that link, I was like, these motherfuckers, now I got to stop burning this Blu-ray that I'm burning. To, to bring this computer, because I'm doing it from the computer, to just an external drive, like an external, you know, Blu-ray burner. And I okay. do it dumb. I, I'm dumb for that. I should get like a, at least one that burns four or five at a time. But I haven't. I don't know why. Ricky, when things I gotta, work, I keep it. I got to First off, there's a couple of things. One, <laughs> you're rocking the iPhone COVID model. And, <laughs> and yet you're here and you're doing, I don't think people appreciate like uh, part of running a film fest is a lot of the time you'll get digital shit and the theater will want a Blu-ray or something that's really dependable. Like mm -hmm. they don't want to show a link. And I understand. Yeah, but I agree burn, that. Dude, burning a Blu-ray? How is that technology is like equivalent to like printers? You're like, why Why aren't these 100% yet? And yeah. I'm, like, have you figured it out? Because every every experience I've had, and I, I mean, we've talked to people like Dutch. Dutch who did Horror in the High Desert. Dutch Merit. He fucking burns Blu-rays and still has problems with it. And it's like... So, I have no problems with them working. Like, once I burn them, they're region-free. They're going to play everywhere. I've never had somebody come back and say, hey, this isn't... This didn't play. I never had any of that. But the... And I use an old software to do it. All my shit's fucking old. I, I, I'm... <laughs> you know, even like Adobe Premiere, I got the 2018 version of Adobe Premiere. And when I... One of the... In the second segment of Project Erie, um, they were hired actors. And like one of the dude, he does he does like his own little movies and all. He's like, "This is what the fuck you're using? Like Adobe Premiere from 2018? <laughs> I'm using Adobe Encore, which was, um, like they got rid of that in like 2016. And I, so he was like, "If you're going to use that, don't update it because it will never work again." So what I burn my Blu-rays on is Adobe Encore CS6, which I think they stopped making in 2016, and it still works for me. So I'm like, I'm just I, because for me to even learn how to do that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. How to like, okay, you got to encode this Blu-ray and do all this shit. 
And every time I burn one, when I'm preparing a release, I got to relearn it. It's like a three-day process where yeah. I'm like, okay, this, you got to make a menu. You know how hard it is to make a fucking menu where you make words you can click on. And I, I you know, but if you're willing- Amazon to, does. <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to do it and you're willing and, you know, you're going to be disciplined and take the time, you can figure it out, but it's not going to be easy. Fuck. So, and once I get it to where all I got to do is open the system and burn them, it's easy. But getting it to there is the fucking nightmare. Man, it, you really you you wear a lot of hats, Ricky. <laughs> He's a one man band. I, I wear all the hats. Kind of. Yeah, it's a one man band, baby. But okay. here's the thing: like your product, it works, and uh, it it's just to see you push on on this like lonely sojourn alone. How are a bunch of people? I, I imagine people are approaching you all the time, like, "Hey, man, let me help." Um. Well, I mean, my friends it all help. Like a lot of the actors in the movie and all, they're like, I pay them, but they're not like trying to pursue acting careers or anything. So they're, you know, the, uh, a lot of the stuff we do, I do with them is like kind of voiced over so we can make sure we get it right. Cause they're not professional actors. They don't want to be professional actors. Mm-hmm. They just want to be a part of, you know, the process. They're going to make some money in the meantime. So it's kind of a win-win, but I mean, you know, I get help if I need it, but I, and my wife was saying that yesterday, I'm down there, my I, I fucking like my knuckles and shit are bleeding. Cause I had to cut all these. You'll see when the Blu-rays come in, but, and then she's like, why don't you fucking ask me to help? And I, I'm just like, I, if you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself. I'm not going to risk you not putting a disc in. And then a customer's like, hey, I got a Blu-ray. Don't have a disc in. <laughs> you know, I know it. I want to take all the blame if shit goes wrong. I don't want to be like, hey, that could have been yeah. you. You know, maybe you, because I wouldn't have done that. So I'm just like, I'll just do it. Fuck. So I don't you, mind. <laughs> Ricky, you've never had one complaint that a Blu-ray didn't work? I, I haven't, no. I, yeah. and, I mean, I've sent Blu-rays to Iceland, Japan, anywhere you can think of, and I've never had a complaint. And I didn't know what I was doing. That was by accident. I didn't know that I was burning them region-free until I was like 130 burned in. And then I that was for the first rear footage. And I had a distributor reach out. They, they kind of wanted to take film. And, you know, I let him know. I'm like, Look, I don't really need you. I'm kind of doing this on my own. And he brought it to my attention. was like, I think he was trying to, like, make me worried, you know, so he would get the film. And he's like, well, you know, you're burning Blu-rays, but you don't know if they're region free. These could go out to people and not play in half these places. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, he's right. I didn't let him know that. But then once I looked, I was like, oh, they're region free. So the joke was on him. But it, you know, it, it was just kind of by chance that that worked like that to where the region thing, the region free was the big part because I, I knew they would play. I didn't know if they would play in like Hong Kong or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I didn't know that. But it worked. They they have. I mean, I've sent it to Australia, any pretty much any country for the most part. No, I don't think I've sent it to Russia or you know, Iran's never got one, but <laughs> for the most part, any, any country you can think of. Dude, you gotta get the, the they, can use it. <laughs> they, they need a little I'm trying, I'm trying to crack that Iran code. <laughs> That's right. Get in there. I heard Dude. they love pound footage horror. Brother, you could use some Saudi money. I know. You know, that's it. I I would target exclusively to the Saudis. Dude, I think what might be happening here is you've cracked the code. You know, you know the conspiracy that everybody has, like when there's a new iPhone coming out, the updates will like kill your current iPhone, like so that you yeah. have to buy a new one. You know, there's a lot of that with Premiere Pro too. The new I one know. where they, they add a lot of shit, it crashes. That's why I haven't updated. That, that one dude told me, he was like, "If don't update this. And it, it always asks me every time I go on it, update to the newest version. I'm like, fuck yep. you, Adobe, I'm not doing that. <laughs> because he said that, he's like, he's like, if you update it, half this shit's not going to play the way, you know, because they have new inputs and new plugins and it does it. They don't have this old shit anymore. Yeah. So the stuff I have on there, you know, will just come up as like uh, an unidentified file or, you know, it'll fuck everything up. 
So I haven't done it. I think before I do anything else, I'm going to update it. I'm gonna, even my even the laptops 2015. So I think before I do everything next time, I'm going to update all of it. I'm worried now. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but I'll be done with that. So I'm not going to lose anything. I'm going to start fresh. It'll be like our new Adobe, new laptop, new burner. We're we're ready to go. It's just I I know I know that struggle where it's like I you know I built a computer to start doing video editing and shit, and I refuse to get Windows 11. I'm like, no, I'm doing 10. <laughs> and it harasses us all the yeah. time. It's constant, it's, like, update, update. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even really love do? Windows 10. Yeah, exactly. I don't, there's something going on there. It's and, that, and you know, there, like back- There may be no issue if you do update, you know what I mean? But it's just that I don't like that risk. Here, I'll give you an example right now with Amazon. So they, they I, I told you I, had, I went through a nightmare for them to accept this. And they finally did when I Hail Mary. Um so, and then when they accept it, two days later, they send out a mass email to like all the, you know, people that have their stuff up there. And they're like, we've reached new territories. You can now submit to um, Germany, Australia, uh, France, Italy. There was like a bunch of new countries. And, but to, in order to do that, you got to resubmit. So I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to risk resubmitting with new you know, audio. And it comes back, they kick it back. They don't take it for whatever fucking reason, because mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm going to stick with UK and United States for now. There's enough going on there. And then maybe I'll reach into something else after this, but I can't even risk right now doing that. And it just gets taken down. It doesn't come out Thursday. And you know, it's like, oh man. Okay. But so little shit like that. You never know. You're doing marketing distro. You're the director. You're an actor. You're an editor. You're are you doing subtitles? Like now that I'm thinking no, no, about. I actually, I, okay. I had a company do that. Okay. I, I'm not crazy now. I'm not crazy. I'm like, I could imagine you on Google translating well, all the dialogue. To be honest, I thought of that. But the, the issue with that is Amazon is very uh, uh, picky. So I didn't even want to risk like doing it wrong. You know, little stuff like that, like subtitles. I, I'll, I'll get that done somewhere else. That may have been all I got done somewhere else. But uh, some visual effects in the movie. I had a guy do. Oh, what was that, that like? Was it a fan? I imagine everybody you work with is a fan at one point who reached well, out. Well, he, I don't, I don't think he was, but he, like he, he was in, he kind of became like my, he only did maybe four things for me, but he, it was kind of like, Hey dude, I'm making this movie. And when I need something done, I'm going to reach out to you. I, I forget where he's at. He might even be out of the country, but he, you know, he was like, cool. I'm like, you're kind of going to be my VFX guy for shit. I can't do one here. And it, and it was just kind of like a partnership like that. I would send him a clip through Google Drive. He would download it, do what he had to do, send it back, give me a price. And, you know, it was like little things. You, can, I'm trying to think. I don't want to spoil anything. But if you yeah. can think of some visual stuff, he probably did that. Some of it. Not like the practical stuff, but like the stuff that you can't do practically. How'd you find him? Are we talking like Fiverr or something? Or No, I just was like on, I think I went on Instagram and put a hashtag like, uh, you know, VFX artist and found this dude and... I was like, hey, man, would you be interested? And his stuff was good. And I'm like, would you? He's like, uh, yeah, I could, I could probably do that. And, you know, my, it's always like a weird, completely unorthodox story like that. But that's, you know, that's how I do it. Okay. Found footage world, baby. I know. Okay. Cutting deals on Instagram. <laughs> now, um, to get back to your film, I'm super curious where you shot your uh, third segment, the one that Paranormal Activity ripped off. They and, didn't rip off. I don't want to put that bad mystique <laughs> out there and seem like I'm this sore loser. Like they stole my idea. They didn't rip it off. We had this. It's not even the same story. We yeah. just both were like, let's 
let's do this. And theirs, I think, ended up not even being Amish at the end. If I'm not mistaken, I forget. I but, remember you know, I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't love it either. And, and it was one of those ones where it was like, sometimes it was found footage, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. I, I, that, I hate that. It makes no, pick an avenue. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But we, we just both decided to do something scary in the same kind of setting. That's, that's what I'll say. But yeah, don't worry. You can stay humble. I'll be out there spreading propaganda. <laughs> they didn't see it. They couldn't have stole the idea because they didn't see it. <laughs> Thomas knew about the idea far before that movie came out. But I'm glad someone was there so I don't look like I like copied off them. Like he knew because yeah. he was involved early, like months. Well, I mean, it is kind of prime for found footage. Found footage is kind of the worship of uh, technology. If you want to be yeah. like kind of cynical with it, it's very technical driven and yeah. you know the amish no electricity it's kind of they don't even they literally don't let you take pictures or anything of them you know even so yeah i was like oh that's kind of I, w- I wish i could have went back and did that a little differently but it's okay i'm fine with it so let me ask you this you said you said at the beginning that you do go to amish country uh and camp out there so like are they are they like welcoming to uh you know visitors yeah. and tourists and that sort of thing uh yeah so I'm actually going this Thursday. We're going away to camp for Halloween. We're going to Quarryville, PA, but it's right up there. The Amish will be there in the morning with their little baked goods and their mint tea. It's delicious. Oh, but the, um, so like my, my wife and I's 10 year anniversary wedding anniversary was last month. And we went to Amish country for a week and we did like, um, you know, you could go to like, a, and you go to an Amish house and just have dinner with them and go on their farm and milk cows. And, you know, it's like a tour. You'll pay like have 20 bucks. Tour? But you can do all that, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, they're very welcoming. They're they're just, it's it's kind of weird how it works, but yeah, that's Aryan B and B. It's oh my god, (laughs) it's giving me anxiety thinking about that. Like just rolling into somebody's house and being like, "Hey, what's up?" and eating dinner with them. It'll be like you can kind of find it online, like things they do in Lancaster. It'll be like you know, I I don't know, whatever family you can visit their farm and break bread with them, and you know, do this and like twenty bucks, and you can do that. And we did that, like three times while we were away that week and it was great ricky what the fuck is small talk like um, (laughs) what do you talk about (laughs) so we we did like the farm and so he was kind of explaining that like their daily life what it what it really is is for you know the right the rest of us americans who are just you know spooled and comfortable it's to see like a whole different lifestyle in this in this country like they live completely different so it's kind of more like that like you get a look into their life it's it's actually very interesting that's what made me want to do the story is just how like you know it's 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 just a whole different lifestyle to be in 2023 and be living like it's 1750 is is crazy but that's the way they do it now are they are they shaving with straight razors (laughs) oh i don't even know i have no clue but but the beards are the married men and the longer it goes the longer they're married they can never cut it oh interesting i had to do a lot of research to get the stuff down I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, neither did I until I had to do some research on it. But you know, so, you know, they they do have they do have manicured. They can't have very manicured like facial uh, hair situations. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how they're cutting. And there's there's also different versions of the Amish. There's like the Mennonites, which are a little more. Um, they'll they'll allow some technology, like you know they. Like, Game we have a market. We have a market over here and they'll like, they have like, you know, they cook food and all. So they'll have lights and they're cooking like on stoves, but they oh, still okay. are like traditional. But then there's like the, I think it's the Schwarzenberger they're called. And they're like completely 
old school, like no lights. Um, I mean, yeah, like no running water. Like they're old, old school kind of Amish. So there's, there's different versions of them. Great people though. Now, Ricky, you're such a nice dude that I'm sure you would never, but did it cross your mind to try and bring a camera in there and maybe record? No, but when I was doing the story, it did cross my mind that maybe I could just do this with like a real Amish person or, you know, but I didn't. That was my, that was my friend James who was in the fear footage too. He's been in all of them. He just had a longer beard and then we cut it like an Amish dude. <laughs> yeah, look at and then, like, you did. And like the whole, the whole week or the whole weekend we were there filming, we like went to, out to eat and all he had the Amish beard the whole time. <laughs> like so where did you shoot it? Where was that cabin? So that was in, I had rented that before as an Airbnb, but it's like in really old place. It's in um, Percival, Virginia, which kind of, it's not really Amish country there, but it worked for what I needed. And the beauty of that place is it's on a nature reserve of a thousand acres. So I didn't have to worry about anybody like being around or being, you know, getting distracted or any of that. So it, it just kind of worked. Yeah, like, it looked beautiful. Yeah, once I stayed there and once I came up with the story, I was like, oh, okay, I could go back to that and kind of maybe film it there. Okay. Now, did they have that framed picture on the wall, the drawing of the cabin? They did. It was already there. Okay. I was. Yeah. I, what? I just. So the, the, the crazy thing with that, that was the hardest. They're all friends and, and they all did great, but they're, again, they're not like trying to be actors. They didn't read a script. I just was like, hey, we're going to do this, this. So we went away and filmed 90% of it. And I, I really didn't use most of the audio we used. We voiced it all over for like six months in my house to match it. Like even when they're on camera, what they're saying is voiced over for the most part. So be, just because I wanted to get every line right. And it, it was such a pain. I did it wrong. I'll never do that again. But it's just the way that had to go. And it, it was a pain in the ass though. It was too much voiceover. I like a little voiceover, but I, that whole segment is pretty much voiceover from beginning to end. Okay. Now, when you're doing um, like ADR, like audio work, are you having them do the voiceover into your phone? Yes. So like they would like, like, like the two ghost hunters, which are my friend Alex and Dennis, they would just come over like, you know, come over guys. We'll smoke a bowl. We'll have a drink. And then we're just going to run over these lines. And they would, you know, I'm like, I need you like 10 feet away from me. And I would just say it like, you know, Josh, where are you? So they would know exactly how to say it. And I would get them to do it like 10 times. And I would just place it where I needed it. And it took me fucking forever to do it like that. And I'll never do it again. <laughs> but I needed to happen for that story. Fuck, Ricky. God, I, I hope you keep making movies, man. I um, So, you know, you're marketing with the fear footage. You had this lore built in and you had momentum. Uh, did you feel it actually like shift in the new one? I, I, cause looking at your Instagram, it seems like people are just as excited. Yeah, I did I, kind of, and the Blu-rays for this one have been, I mean, crazy. So hopefully that's a good sign of things to come as far as, you know, the digital doing well and this doing well, because I, it, this, it didn't happen how I planned. I think it could still work, but I wanted to have this out. My original date was September 22nd. And that way I could kind of build and sell it all the way through October and take advantage of it being a, a movie that takes place on Halloween, selling it in the month of Halloween. That's always been a dream for me. Like, you know, a movie I can market, Halloween themed artwork. A lot of the artwork is going to look Halloween-ish, which I still have a lot to kind of roll out, stuff like that. So it didn't, you know, Amazon didn't accept it until like October 12th. So I kind of was on a it kind of needed to be rushed a little bit and then I'll only really get that Halloween weekend. But 
I feel like it can still work. Yeah, I still got another four or five days. I got some things lined up. I think, you know, it, maybe people will be looking for horror more on that weekend than Definitely. the rest of the month, you know, something like that. Maybe, or yeah. maybe it could be completely drowned out by the bigger horror that's out, the Exorcist or, you know, whatever, the VHSs, there's the Hell House. Who knows? But I'm willing to take the chance. Yeah, you know, as a, a fan and a um, as a huge fan of the holiday and of your movies, it does feel a little kin to like uh, Santa arriving on Christmas. So I think it's a good thing. It feels like yeah, just in time good. for the holiday. And yeah, and that's kind of and once it went that route, because it, it, it's so crazy. I had had I already pretty much closed the book on it. I'm like, it's not going to be accepted by Halloween. I'm not going to drop it in November or December. You know, I'll wait until next spring and I'll do a, f- a festival run in the meantime. And I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm down there. I forget what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to check on the computer one more time. And it, they accepted it out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck? I had to, get, I mean, I ran to Staples. I had to get everything made and do this and set up. It was, I haven't stopped yet, but it, it just was like a Hail Mary. And it was just in time. Like another week, it, it just wouldn't work. You know, I wouldn't have had time to really promote it and get it out in time before Halloween. So I don't know how it happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. It was it was a dark time in my life for like two months. I was still having fun and all, but it was a dark time. But then it worked. That's it, mate. You roll the dice. Yeah. Roll Here the bones. Yeah, that's your punishment for opening up your new film with such a like downbeat segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, think, dude, I, I'm so glad that that segment works for everyone because, and I love the segment, don't get me wrong, but I, I originally felt it was the weakest of the three. And I was like, I'm starting it in my mind. I'm starting it with the weakest. I've made, but I wanted to go by years. If you notice, it's like 94, 04, 14, 24 is next year, guys. So I, so I wanted to start it. I wanted to start it on more just in, you know, order of the years. That's the only reason it went that way. And, but everywhere, like it, when I premiered at the genre blast, which was an amazing world premiere, every, after it, everyone was like that first segment, like a lot of them had kids and they're like, dude, that first segment, I got to go home and hug my daughter now. You know, it was like it, a lot of people came up to you. Know, I'm like, damn, you know, I felt like it was the weakest in it. But it seemed like that one really hit with a lot of people. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's it's brutal. If Yeah, everybody listening needs to go check out the movie. It's honestly, I it's my favorite of your work. Like hands down. And uh, speaking of uh, uh, Film Fest where you premiered it, uh, what the fuck, Ricky? What are we going to get? We need your work back at Unnamed Footage Festival. Guys, I was going to, but they accepted. I told you I was getting ready to try a festival run. It was coming there. Don't you worry. Oh but Amazon God. accepted it. I mean, I, I to, like I already had it submitted to about seven other fests that were had, uh, you know, closing deadline soon, just so I didn't miss them just in case. And I had to withdraw from all of them. That was like three, four hundred bucks of submissions. You know, some of them were bigger festivals, yeah. but I was like, OK, that's just the way it's going to go. I had to get it in. Because if I didn't and didn't Amazon didn't accept it, then I missed out on like those five or six kind of reputable, you know, horror festivals. I'm not saying it would have made it, but I was willing to try. But I had to withdraw from all of them. You know, you don't get that money back unless you ask for it. But it's, it's on me. I'm not going to be a dick to the festival. Yeah. Dang. That's a, probably a lot of yeah. money, too. Um, yeah, a few of them were real expensive. I, I tried a few that were out of my league, like Slam Dance. I think it was like 130 to submit to Slam Dance. But I'm like, Slam Dance broke paranormal activity. I'm going to try this because, you know, they're looking yeah. for new, they get found footage, obviously, because they broke paranormal activity. So I'll, I'll try it. You know, I'm not, I don't know if it would have got accepted, but it was expensive just to even submit to them, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's fuck. The name of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, that's how it goes. I understand it. I have no problem with it. Don't worry, we'll only charge you in uh, Blu-rays. <laughs> submit here, but Ricky, man, thanks for taking the time out. I know you got to print more flyers and go leave them on cars <laughs> and Blu-rays. Yeah, I'm yeah. mail you guys some. You guys got to hit the haunted attraction out there. I'm mailing you guys some. You guys are on the street team now. No, just oh, dude, <laughs> I got excited. I was like, I would do it. Send me some fucking flyers. We'll leave them around. Uh, I may do that. Yeah, it might not reach you by the release, but we'll see. I'm gonna get some more made tomorrow. And okay, with your Blu-ray run, are you doing another limited thing or? Um, so it's not like actually limited. I didn't announce that, but I, I'm not just what goes into making this packaging of these. It's it's such a fucking pain in the ass. So I'm not going to do this forever with like, like the fear footage and all. I kind of still ship some of them out because they're not as hard. Like there's a lot that goes into this one. So I can't do it forever because it's a pain in the ass, but I have enough stocked up. That I could probably, you know, they're, they'll go for a little while before I may announce, like, look, 100 left, that's it. And okay. they kind of shut it down. I'm not there yet because it's not even out fully yet. So I'm still burning one at a time until then. But, yeah, they're not officially uh, limited because, like, this comes, it's got, like, a black case. They're actually gorgeous. So I, I'm able, I can, I have enough of them that I can fulfill the orders I got and still have a couple hundred more. But then after that, if it gets to that point, I don't know. Uh, after that, I won't be able to, I'll just announce like, look, 50 more and it, that's it. You know, if you didn't get it by now, you're not going to. Yeah. It's Christmas guys. So. Yeah. I have, uh, I fucked up too many times with that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to order like, some immediately. Like missed them. And, and I yeah. thought of doing that originally just announcing like, look, 500 Blu-rays after that it's over because that'll kind of get the people who are like, ah, wait, that'll yeah, get them like, look, shit, I got to get it now or I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's actually good to do that. I just didn't, and I expected to, but I didn't. Oh, well. Well, I hope yeah. people buy 5,000 of them, and you're just there turning them out well, all the time. <laughs> Ricky, man, I love you, dude, and I'm always so excited to hear that you have new work happening. So do you have anything on the horizon? Like, are you you thinking about the next one already? Um, Yeah, I have, I have two ideas I think will turn into movies. Project Eerie is the main focus right now, but... There's a spinoff that I'm really excited about if I get to do it. And it's, I think it could be really good. I, it's not fleshed out, but it's enough to where I can transform this. And then the fear footage for if all else fails, and then I'll retire into the sunset and I'll just come on here every now and then to talk to you guys. Oh, dude. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Any, <laughs> dude, you're always welcome. Yeah, man. Um, I, I want you guys to know this is the only podcast I'm doing for this. Not like I'm a big star or anything, but I, if I was going to do any, it was going to be you guys because you appreciate the genre. You were there since day one. You know the the found footage audience. It's just, it makes the most sense. Well, hey, that means a lot, dude. Yeah, man. We yeah. appreciate yeah. it. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and guys like you is the reason why we do the show. So, you know, we're, uh, we yep. want to do anything we can to prop works. you guys up. Yeah, Joe Lynch is trying to get on here and we're like, fuck him. Yeah, fuck <laughs> That's, it's only half a joke. We did get a PR <laughs> thing for it and we're like, I don't know. But uh, yet with Ricky, it's like, dude, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'll just send you guys like an Instagram message. We'll do it. Hey guys, can I get on? Sure. Let's Dude. figure this out. All right. We do it yeah. real unorthodox, but it works. Now look, we're here. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Ricky, I love you, man. And um, I, I'm going to be ordering some of these and I'm going to need them fucking signed. And then I'm going to be harassing you about the unnamed footage <laughs> festival. Cause I want to <laughs> see this in a damn theater. Thank you for listening to this episode of the overlook hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple podcast, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, 
go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.